0: <laughs> don't need no TV, I don't need no phone. Don't need no
1: car to give me home. Don't need no... Welcome to Simple Life Radio Stories for the adventurous at heart. I'm your host Cynthia Fernandez for this hour of focusing on real life experiences from the folks on the Central Coast of California. We are live streaming at RadioMonterey.com or maybe you're using your tune-in app on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Archives from today's shows will be available as a podcast to listen to online or download. On this program, we often hear from professionals like doctors and lawyers and We've interviewed college professors, historians, and journalists, among many, many other talented people locally, local authors, etc. But today we want to hear from another group in our community. Let's find out what the young people's saying in our community of uh, Monterey County. Our guest today, Tim Birgren, is, the, is in his first year at college. I met him personally when he answered a Help Wanted ad for us at the uh, Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Secret Garden. And although he didn't show up for his initial interview, he did call me and was uh, accountable for his not showing up and had a very good reason. So I rescheduled and I'm very glad that I did. I saw an uncommon quality in him, namely integrity. And I remember telling him that, uh, it's, it's not something that you learn in school, um, it generally isn't something that someone teaches you per se, but um, it may very well be the most important value in building a good reputation. So, Tim, welcome to Simple Life. Thank you. Do you remember that time?
0: <laughs> I do remember it very well, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well, tell us, uh, where do you live and what do you do?
0: So, right now, I'm living with my dad in La Mesa. It's just a military community in Monterey. And I do a number of things. Right now, it's just the summer, so I'm off from school and student government. I'm just working at Pilgrim's Way.
1: And you have been attending MPC, the Monterey Peninsula College?
0: Yes, MPC. I just finished my first year, and I'll be going into my second year.
1: Mm-hmm. And tell us where you were born.
0: I was born in Hawaii.
1: Woo, I'm going there in a couple of weeks. Oh, that'll be I, fun. I wore my Hawaiian shirt for you and oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, attending college can have a way of really opening someone up to parts of life that are new to them, um, maybe things that haven't been experienced before. Are you experiencing any of that for yourself?
0: Um, I have been experiencing some new shifts in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just college. Some of it has been personal growth, but some of the things I've noticed that are a little different are I've built a relationship with a lot of my teachers and in high school I never really had that. It was always kinda like me versus the teacher or something. Um, Another thing I've kinda developed is more of a leadership role. I joined student government and I was kinda nervous at first. wasn't really sure what to do. I never really did student government before and I was pretty good at it and I worked my way up and right now I'm the vice president. Um, Some other college experiences I've had are way bigger classes like lectures. How how
1: big are those classes?
0: um, Some of them I would say get up into like 80, 90 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know in universities it's a lot bigger but just a local community college, Monterey, it's not too big.
1: Yeah. But certainly bigger than high school.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely a new experience.
1: And how about um, interacting with uh, college professors? Is that different than high school?
0: You know, it, it's interesting because college professors are excited about what they have to teach. I feel like high school teachers, they're not as excited. They, I mean, some are very excited about what they have to teach, but college professors are very specialized in what they're teaching and I feel that passion with a lot of my teachers.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you are going to uh, the local community college at MPC, but you have bigger plans. What's your major? What do you want to do with your with your uh, adult professional life?
0: So at Monterey Peninsula College, I plan on getting my business administration degree because it's a transfer prep. And then I also have sat on the idea of getting my international business degree while I'm there. I didn't do that originally because it wasn't a transfer prep. Now I didn't really know where I wanted to go when I started, but I've pretty set my mind on Berkeley. And once I get to Berkeley, I'm going to study business administration with a concentration in global management. Mm-hmm. And that's really one one I want to do is uh, global management stuff, maybe join like the Peace Corps and get some experience through that. So
1: Sounds exciting. <laughs> well you're very bright and I know that you've been studying Chinese <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I know that's not an easy language to learn <laughs> so my hat is off to you thank you what do you um what do you think about the significance of family as a part of a person's life growing up you mentioned living at home
0: um, you know I view family very strongly uh, growing up I didn't always have this view of family but I kinda of, I had a shift maybe around 11th grade where I really started to value my family a lot more. Mm -hmm. I was military so I moved around a whole lot and it was always just my family so I never really valued them. I just kind of thought they would always be there but as my sister and brother graduated high school and they went off to college and I started to miss my family because I wasn't around them all the time, I started to realize that family is very important and that's your foundation for the rest of your life. So unless you have that family support that you really need, then the rest of your life is most likely struggling.
1: Mm. And so you have siblings.
0: Yeah. So my brother, he is 21 and he's in ranger school right now. And my sister is 24 and she's a nurse in the army in Germany, Frankfurt.
1: Frankfurt. Yeah. Wow. So, as a military family, you I hear this a lot from people, you know, they move around a lot and uh, I'm just wondering how that kind of moving around affected you. Some people say, you know, I never did well in school or I never really had friends because I was moving too quickly. What's your experience been?
0: You know, I think it's been a great experience and it's actually motivated me to what I want to do in life since I have that background of moving around a lot, I want to move around a lot. And making friends was hard, but it taught me how to make friends. Mm. And I lived in Korea for two years, and that's actually what inspired me to do international business. Um, I would say other people might have problems with it because it's a little scary making new friends, but I had the support of my family, so that's really what it comes down to.
1: That's awesome. So, uh, I you know, I mentioned at the intro having a young person's perspective uh, on our community and kind of what's going on in the world, and it's really a valuable perspective. I don't know if you feel like people value what you have to say, but um, having remembered you know that time in my own life, I didn't have a lot of life experience. I I had lived long enough to know that some of my impressions or opinions were short-sighted or maybe they were skewed somehow, Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of a a bittersweet when someone paid attention to what I said, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I'd love to hear your perspective, Tim, on our young people today. If you were to describe them as a group or um, maybe strengths and weaknesses, what would you say?
0: you know it's kinda of hard to say right now because I I feel like there's there's starting to be a shift in our youth um, there's a shift in the American culture as a whole I start to feel like there's a bit of a new age shift and people are starting to be more aware of problems with the earth and they're starting to be more aware of their food that they're eating and what they're drinking like soda and coffee and all that Um but The majority of the youth, I would say, are a little uninterested. Um, I don't really see a whole lot of young people getting active in the community. I just see people that are already active in the community being active. There's not a whole lot of new people coming out. And that's not to say that there aren't those people being active in the community. I just don't see a whole lot of youth volunteering or doing anything in the community for that sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Like political activists or things yeah. like that, environmental yeah. activists? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. It is a quandary, and um, for those of us in older generations, you know, we don't always understand why. I hear sometimes people say, well, it's because things have come so easily for them. They feel entitled. They don't have to earn anything.
0: Mm.
1: Would you chime in on that? Do you have that sense?
0: I feel like there is a big part of the youth that does feel that sense of ownership and they don't really feel that urge to go out and accomplish something new. They're just content with what they have, or maybe they're not even content. Maybe they just like what they have. They just Mm -hmm. don't feel like going out and trying something new.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a curious thing. Yeah. And yet, the, the uh, programs that are around to really motivate young people, like uh, Thunder Road is one of them that comes to mind, mm. put them in situations that are life-threatening. Mm. And when young people are faced with do or die, it's up to you to do the work if you're gonna survive. Um, oftentimes, they sort of wake up parts of themselves that weren't awake yet. Kind, of, I guess, kind of like boot camp, right? <laughs> Where you have this intense schedule and yeah. rigor and like there's no escaping it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they say near-death experiences are the best way to appreciate life.
1: They do say that. That's true. How do you feel about the importance of service in the community? You you kind of touched on that a little bit. Do you think that's a an important aspect?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, I actually... I I like the Native Americans a lot, and they have a lot of great philosophies about culture and family and the earth and a lot of great philosophies in general. But their communities, not all Native Americans, but some clans, they had uh, family huts actually rather than just teepees, and there was a community sense of growing for the community. And um, they raised all their children together, they grew their crops together, they went and hunted together. And I feel like there's a big separation in our community. Now, people walk by each other, don't say hi, people aren't helping out the homeless, people don't realize things that are like, wrong with the community, and there's nothing being done about it. So I would say community is a very important part of a person's life, and I would like to see more involvement in the community.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, just for our listeners, if you are interested, like uh, Tim is interested in in service in the community, there are a lot of different programs available. Sometimes it's hard to know where to go to get the information or the details Mm -hmm. on how you can make a difference. Um, I know that um, every once in a while when I'm driving down the highway, for example, I see a little sign on the right that says, this part of the highway adopted by, where people just go pick up trash. Mm-hmm. You know, like David Sedaris, where he lives up north, He he's adopted part of the highway and he picks up mm. trash and there's no sign giving him credit. Mm. <laughs> and nobody there knows really who he is. <laughs> it's great. So there's all kinds of service. Sometimes uh, I'll make a point if I'm going to the car from the store to uh, notice if people have stopped and they're sort of peering through a, a guidebook or a map and I'll say, do you need direction somewhere? I mean, service can be any number of uh, small little pieces of interaction with people.
0: Yeah, you know, there was actually a story um just the other day I was walking home and I saw someone struggling with a heavy water bottle mm. and I just ran over there and I was like, "Hey, do you need some help?" And she was so appalled that I offered to help her. She was <gasps> like, uh, 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 okay, uh sure." And I was just like, "Yeah, I mean, I saw you struggling. I'm a So I'm she a was
1: pleasantly surprised. Yeah,
0: I was a fit guy. I was like, might as well help a person out." And it's just little things like that That's that make right. a big difference.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I I had a a guest uh, in the spring on this show, uh, Deborah Goldstein, who talked about philanthropy. Mm. And that was one of the things that really struck me about her um, interest in her and her profession, actually, is she helps people figure out what works for them in terms of helping others out without anything expected in return. And I think that goes a long way in a family. I think it goes a long way in a community. And all of our communities put together, of course, make up states and nations and all kinds of bigger groups. So tell me, Tim, about uh, about health. Is health an important part of your life, and if so, what kind of choices do you uh, make to support your own health? You oh. look healthy to me.
0: <laughs> Thank you, I try to be healthy. Um, yeah, health is very important, and what you put into your body is everything. I really try and watch what I eat and what I drink, I try and exercise often. Uh, I'm not the buffest guy. I don't have huge muscles. But I think it's important that I at least stay physically fit to the point where I could get out of a bad situation where I needed to be. Um,
1: Defending yourself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's important that we do some yoga. I know it's not... Isn't, young... isn't
1: yoga for like stress reduction? or?
0: <laughs> well, yoga is actually way more important than most people think. It helps you to become more aware of what your body is telling you. You might see certain things, you might release some anger, you might release some stress. It, it really helped me become more in tune with my body and understand what I needed for myself.
1: That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. I know that uh, you're very careful with the quality of your food.
0: Yeah, I really try and need organic and all-natural. GMOs are a sick thing, and I feel like people are becoming more aware of GMOs and pesticides and Monsanto, but there's a lot of people that are still in the dark, and there's people that have seen the light but don't care about it, and I think that's a big problem. We need more people that are actively trying to eat more healthier food to support those farmers that are going organic, which is then gonna allow them to grow more organic food and put them in more grocery stores where people can see them and they're more accessible. And it, it's a, it's a process, but I feel like we're on the right path.
1: I agree with you, and and I um, I I hear people say, well, gosh, you know, organic is so much more expensive, mm-hmm. and of course, one of the the humorous adages about that is how expensive are doctor bills (laughs) Um, but at the same time animals for example that are raised humanely and organically fed are going to have better care Mm. and most people really uh if they think about it they'd prefer that that animals be raised in a humane way not you know in cages that they can't literally can't move their entire life until they're slaughtered Um, it's not really a happy thought but certainly an important one if we're going to take responsibility for our impact on the earth
0: yeah you know it's important to be realistic and i think talking about these things it's what's really important because not talking about something is the best way to let it continue to happen Mm. so seeing these videos of the chicken farms where they're all packed in together it's important to see that but to talk about it is more important
1: Mm -hmm. totally agree with you Well, the clock is telling me that we need to uh, take a break soon here. Um, I want to let all of our listeners know that this particular interview will be um, archived as a podcast and be available online to listen or to download. It is also available uh, on TuneIn, um, or rather iTunes. Got to get that one straight, iTunes. And um, you can find that by going to the Pilgrim's Way Uh, website pilgrimsway.com click on Simple Life Radio and then uh, all of our previous episodes should be listed there. If you have any trouble just give us a call. We are finding out that folks are finding those interesting podcasts of local people and so um, they'd like to know where they can get more. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We are here at Simple Life. We'll be right back. We're going to find out from Tim what he wishes people would know about him. This is a good time to find out. Stay with us. We'll be right back for more Simple Life.
0: <laughs> don't need no TV. I don't need no phone. Don't need no speed
1: and we're back from that break we're in studio today i'm your host cynthia fernandez on simple life radio our guest in studio timothy bergren who is a local college student and a fabulous person to talk to. I'm really <laughs> enjoying this interview. Um, by the way, the music that we, uh, we went out to break on was one of Paul and my favorites. I don't know if you know, Tim, this artist, Kayla Beamer, um, hmm. but that was his soliloquy album. Hmm. And uh, we try to always have that in stock for sale at Pilgrim's Way because it's just so lovely. Lovely. Um, So before we went to break, I let everyone know that when we come back, we're going to find out what do you think most people don't know about you that you wish they did? This is your chance.
0: Well, Cynthia, I don't (laughs) normally reveal this.
1: Oh, no. This is great.
0: I actually care a lot more than people know. Um, It's hard for me to go out of my way to talk to people and say how much I care about them and what they mean to me but I've been trying to do it a lot more because I know it's important to me when people say how much I mean to them. And it's just hard to go out of your way to really tell people how you feel. You might feel it inside, but until they know, they don't know. So I've been really trying to tell the people that I care about that I care about them. Um, In in general, I have a certain demeanor that I uh, just brush things off, act like it's no big deal. And
1: you're kind of cool.
0: Yeah, just trying to play it cool (laughs) a little bit. But deep inside, I still hold a little resentment or have some feelings and it hurts. Mm. But I try not to show that pain. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a teenage boy thing, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it is awesome. What you're talking about is really being an authentic human being and, Mm. and showing up and being accountable for the relationships in your life and how important uh you know they are yeah um it's often easier to do that when you have pleasant things to say however (laughs) um it's also important to be authentic if you're finding yourself in a a state of conflict and you got to tell the truth
0: yeah that's very important
1: and and you don't really have a guarantee about how the person is going to respond to it Mm -hmm. um but authenticity in terms of how you feel and what it means to you is perhaps more important. its I mean, not know it's hard to say. It's just I see so often how um, especially people in America, I guess they get this this rap. I don't know if it's uh, uh, accurate or not, but they uh, tend to be politically correct
0: hmm.
1: to the point where, you know, they don't tell the truth to the people close in their life. I mean, if you, if you interact with someone on the sidewalk, or let's say you have a classmate, someone that you work with, m- depending on the uh, closeness of the relationship kind of determines how much investment is appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have someone close to you, let's say a best friend or family member, etc., uh, that would be arguably a really important investment Mm. This is someone you've got a connection with for the rest of your life. And if they don't know you, both your positive feelings and the the feelings that are perhaps um, not so happy, mm-hmm. um, then the closeness is going to be according to that.
0: Yeah, and in this book I actually just finished called The Untethered Soul, and by the way, it's a great book. I would recommend it to anyone. It talks about letting go, and it talks about how when you don't speak on something that you feel you should speak on, you're actually holding it in and you're wasting your energy by holding on to it. You got to let it go. You got to say it. And that's another thing I struggle with even still after reading the book, but it's something I'm aware of and it's something that I can work on. Just being authentic and saying what I really feel instead of holding it in or holding back, which in turn is like drinking poison trying to kill someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that. I think that is an important aspect of our future mm. um, for our young people who are our future leaders mm-hmm. um, to have that, that level of integrity, that level of authenticity. And yeah. of course, it doesn't mean that you vomit all over everyone with how <laughs> badly you think they are. Um, that's not being responsible either you want to look for whatever it is that you're offering to be constructive. Yeah. And uh something to be of value for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But um you are a really kind-hearted person and uh and I you know, I mean you're 18. So it's <laughs> totally appropriate that you're 18. <laughs> it's perfect. Um but I think that you have a lot going for you in terms of your ability to open your heart to people. So I'm, I'm really Thank happy you. to hear that. And I'm glad that you want people to know that. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: You hear that, Dad?
1: <laughs> so um, what would you like to see more of in our community?
0: More of in our community. You know, in Monterey specifically, I do see a lot of homeless. And I think that's something that we could really focus on. I'm not sure what initiatives Monterey County has enacted, but I'm sure they've obviously done something. I've also thought about doing something for them, maybe trying to, because I feel like they want a job, they want to be a part of the community, they want to help. And so I want to give them a job, I want to do something that's going to help build them up and let them move on with their lives. and. I don't really have a whole lot of resources being an eighteen year old but I can at least use my voice and tell other people about the issues and see what they can do
1: absolutely absolutely and there are um uh, shelters hmm. that do take volunteers uh, certainly um, there's a lot of um, social services that include volunteer within the community mm-hmm. and so um You know, I miss a show that used to be on KRXA 540 AM that was about the homeless, Hmm. and it's a complicated subject.
0: Um,
1: When I was your age, I used to think that everyone who was homeless wanted a job. Mm -hmm. And then, um, just fast-forwarding about 20 years, (laughs) uh, I was working in the bookstore one day, and a uh, mature gentleman came in, and he had just published a book. Uh, He took a year Lived a homeless life hmm. like really did
0: yeah,
1: um had life experience and great stories and encounters, and wrote about it- mm-hmm. and made lots of money on his book um it is a complicated issue not not everyone uh you know doesn't have money who's collecting money as a homeless person. Mm-hmm. And there are so many legal issues involved mm. that um I totally agree with you. We need to find programs where they have opportunity to earn um a wage you know to yeah. to earn um, maybe you know some something that that they need shelter or something else, and I don't think we've gotten the solution on that quite
0: yet, yeah, and another thing I just thought of are a lot of these homeless people are travelers. So having a job for them in one area wouldn't work because they've obviously left somewhere and they are continuing to go somewhere. So maybe if we had centers where they could go from place to place and they've got the experience where they can just fill in and do work at that place and stay there and then move on to another place or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we had them periodically placed throughout the country, then they could just go from place to place if they really felt the need to travel so much.
1: That is a good point, and I like how you're thinking. That's awesome. So Tim, um, this is kind of a big question, but you did mention the number of family members who are still uh, in the military. And, and I, I know with moving around, you get a different perspective than someone who doesn't move around. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what you feel the most pressing issue is that we face in America.
0: Mm, in America. You know I would say the youth are the most important thing and the current educational system we have in America, for me it's just not cutting it. Uh, I see Germany and they are putting a lot of money and resources into their education, really trying to boost up their youth. their up and coming and they're probably one of the fastest growing economies for it. America, I'm not sure if our educational system is getting any better I'm not sure if it's declining, but for me going through it just didn't seem to excite me. I didn't have the energy to go to school. I didn't want to go to school, but now that I'm out of high school, I love learning. I love going to class. I love talking to my teachers. But there just wasn't that excitement in high school and if we can if we can teach the youth how important it is to get a good education, I feel like that's the most important thing.
1: How would you do that? Because, you know, the youth that I know are really smart and edgy and curious. And and I think, if I remember back to when I was in high school, part of, part of what didn't work was telling them stuff.
0: Yeah, there's a couple books we have at Pilgrim's Way about how parents can talk to their kids, like difficult questions that kids ask and how to really listen to what they have to say and how to talk so they will listen. And... You know, I think what we really need to do is just change how we run schools, maybe make it a little more fun or something, but it's just kids aren't excited to go to school. And if they're not excited to go to school, then they're not excited to learn. And the excitement to learn is what really facilitates true learning. Because if you're not excited to learn, then you're uninterested.
1: Mm. And when you're
0: uninterested, you're not paying attention, and you're not taking in, you're not absorbing, and
1: well, then you feel like you're being forced against your will, in one way or another. So if there's no freedom and there and there's no curiosity to follow, mm-hmm. yeah, then it's a have to, an obligation, and and you feel like your free will is being trampled. Yeah. Well, you the, know, the,
0: Cynthia, that's a difficult question. Yes, it is
1: a difficult <laughs> question. I remember back when I was in fifth grade and my math teacher was Chinese. Hmm. And I remember one day he got really frustrated with us. Mm-hmm. Normally he had his back to us and he was writing on the blackboard, you know, mm-hmm. and he was writing all these things out that we were going to have to take home, copy down and take home for homework. And the class was being a little bit you know, unruly. Mm -hmm. And he turned around and he said, you guys don't appreciate school. He said, when I was a child, I had to run away from my family and face possible death to get to a country that allowed me to go to school. It was not something that everyone got.
0: We need our kids to have that amount of passion.
1: Oh my goodness. See, that goes back to the entitlement and how things are so easy. But But there is one other aspect that I've learned um, just just within the last say fifteen years, and that has to do with nature based learning where you actually follow your students' curiosity. Hmm. you set up challenges, you set up goals, you give them some choices for certain that mm-hmm. are an important part, but maybe you give them some freedom about how they demonstrate that, yeah, and you allow them to really unfold and uncover for themselves who they are, what they can do hmm. without having everything sort of delineated, fill in this blank, you know, memorize this before your test.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so my vote is for nature-based learning rather than not letting kids go to school until they're passionate about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it's Switzerland. They actually don't allow their kids to go to school until they're like eight or nine or something. I have heard Because that. they want them to fully develop within themselves before they get this conditioning at schools. And I think that's what you're touching on with the nature aspect is these kids have these interests that they want to learn about. And if you are forcing them to learn something else, then they're like, oh, learning sucks. I don't want to learn. But if you are allowing them to follow their passions, then they are way more excited to learn. And they have the understanding of the power of education.
1: And they have more critical thinking and have more confidence in themselves. Yeah. Which make better leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not such good followers, but certainly better (laughs) leaders. Yeah. I'm
0: not sure if we need any more followers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. Well, I'd like to know, before we completely run out of time, um, what you do, what you like to do with your free time. I know you do yoga, because you mentioned that. (laughs) What else?
0: you know, my free time really varies. Uh, I don't get a whole lot of free time during the school year, because I do work and student government. And I was tutoring this past semester, but unfortunately the tutoring center won't be open anymore. So I really try and fill my time with spending time with my dog, walking her going on hikes or just leisure reading when I get a chance.
1: <laughs> I know you like to come to our monthly tracking club.
0: Oh, yeah. Tracking is one of my passions. I It's a new passion for me. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I've already gotten such a wealth of knowledge from the tracking club that I feel pretty confident that I can maybe sniff out some trails <laughs> here and there.
1: <laughs> awesome. So for you listening, that's uh, he's Tim's referring to the Monterey Bay Tracking Club. We do list it on our um, announcement for events every month. It is an event that we sponsor. It is a free event, and we uh, generally meet in Marina. Um, the details, you can either call us at the store, 831-624-4955 for our um, monthly location. Maybe you have some questions about you know how to dress or whatever. Um, but we meet early on the first Sunday of each month, and that is going to be coming up in a couple weeks now. Um, and we meet generally at the Ord Market on Imgen, 8 o'clock, first Sunday. Always a good time.
0: Always. Always.
1: <laughs> so it is time to ask you what your all-time favorite book is.
0: Oh, I've been joining this question, Cynthia. <laughs> Well, you know, when I was growing up, it was hard for me to really pinpoint what book I liked the most. So I always gave the answer of the little engine that could. Um, I think I said that because I liked what it had to teach. It taught that you could really do anything you set your mind to. Um, Now that I'm grown up, I don't think it's appropriate that I say that's my favorite book. (laughs) But my favorite book right now would have to be The Untethered Soul. Uh, It truly just opened me up to a whole new view of life, uh, a whole new set of awareness about the things that affect me and the things that I can affect. Um, I would truly recommend it to anyone that feels that they're missing something in their life. They just want to understand what they're missing.
1: The Untethered Soul uh, author, Michael Singer, was recently, I believe, on Oprah. Mm. Um, I don't think it's called The Oprah Show, but uh, Super Soul Sunday or something like Mm, that on her network. And we have not been able to keep that book in the store. Um, Between you recommending it to our customers (laughs) and Doreen, who also works at Pilgrim's Way, recommending it to our customers, um, and the people hearing about it through Oprah, (laughs) it has been a bestseller. Rightfully um, so. Yeah. And what are you reading now?
0: Right now, I am reading besides
1: book. textbooks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my dad actually just gave me a book by, I believe it was Daniel Carnegie, and it's called How to Win Friends and, and influence, influence People. people. Yeah, I just started, so I can't tell you much about it. But my dad said it changed his life, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. A little father to son thing here. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so cool, and my last question for you, Tim, is mm-hmm. how would you how do you envision our future? Hmm. And it's really an open question. A lot of us are learning through uh, quantum physics and and other aspects of science that how we use our thoughts and what we imagine actually does affect our environment, and so I like to give my guests an opportunity to kind of uh, put voice to that.
0: You know, Cynthia, I think that people as a whole, the human race, we're becoming more aware. And awareness is truly everything. Because if you're not aware of what's going on, then things can affect you and you won't be able to retaliate in any way. And so I think awareness is definitely becoming a trend in America. And it's it's really hard to say what's going to happen because there's so many different teachings about how uh, how the earth is being affected by our actions, like global warming and mm-hmm. um, with politics
1: our... are kind of a up in the air too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Um, it it's really hard to say the future of America, but I think people as a whole. Definitely becoming more aware. Awesome, Yeah.
1: glad to hear it. Well Tim, it has been a distinct pleasure to have you in front of the microphone for our Simple Life audience today. <laughs> I hope it was uh, fun for you.
0: Oh yeah, I had a blast. Thank you so much, Cynthia.
1: It's so great having you here. So we're gonna take our second break and when we come back, we will have a uh, a guest on the air live in the studio that you haven't heard from for quite a while. Miss Isabella Ball will be here and she has a uh, book review prepared for us and we'll have a little chance to speak with her as well. So um, before we go to that break though I do want to let you know an event that's coming up uh, in about a month, a little less than a month, we have a workshop with uh, Dr. Roslyn Byrne scheduled for Friday August 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. It will be in the Secret Garden The tickets are 25 in advance and 30 at the door. And she will be working um, from her book, Deep Listening Workshop, um, sorry, When Horses Whisper. That uh, That is her latest book, When Horses Whisper, The Wisdom of the Wise and Sentient Beings. And her workshop is all about listening, how and why we do that or why we don't do that. So if you want more information, See us at the store or check out our website. We have a full listing there in our calendar of events, uh, pilgrimsway.com. Or if you happen to be in the store right now, I'm sure Paul can help you there on Dolores between 5th and 6th. Ask him. And uh, he's a really nice guy. All right. We're going to take that break. When we come back, we'll have more on Simple Life. Stay with us. and that is our favorite song here at simple life that's Casey Abrams and it is his song titled simple life that got this show the name that it got we're back in studio and we have switched our guest chairs our guest now um, hasn't been on the show for a while miss Isabella ball is here today hi Isabella hello are you ready for this it's been about a year since you've been in the studio
2: I'm as ready as I'll ever be.
1: (laughs) Good girl. Now, I know that you have a book review to share with us, but um, do you mind if we just talk a little bit and I ask you a few questions? Sure. Okay. Uh, First question I have for you is is a serious one. You ready? Mm -hmm. Are you having a good summer? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah? More than a one-word answer?
2: Summer is almost over, and think this is my favorite summer next to next year because we're going to Hawaii.
1: That's right. Now, I know you've been doing a lot of swimming this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a favorite thing to do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us again, uh, what school do you go to? To Cetus Elementary. And what grade will you be starting this fall? Fifth. Fifth grade. You know what comes after fifth grade. Middle school. Middle school. You got one more year on the elementary school playground being the oldest kid.
2: Yeah. Right. One
1: more one
2: one more year of playing at two cuz middle school's a different school.
1: Probably a few different games during recess too. What do you think? Not likely. <laughs> Do you know who your fifth grade teacher is going to be yet? No, no. So when does school start for you?
2: Two weeks from now, the sixteenth.
1: Thirteenth, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it starts on a Wednesday. Oh. You get a short week. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you you ready to start school again? You'd mm-hmm. be happy to hit those books i guess so i mean you've just been listening to tim talk about how he loves school and he's so like passionate about learning college subjects was that an inspiration um, not really <laughs> i love your honesty bella thank you so much for being honest okay this might be an unfair question to ask um especially since i'm a blood relative but uh, I I know you you heard what Tim had to say about family. So how do you feel about family? How important it is is it to you? Um, well,
2: it's good to be honest because people are gonna find something. Like if you do something, your parents or your friends or someone you're close to is gonna find out eventually. Mm. And you're probably gonna get in a lot more trouble if you don't you're not honest with your family,
1: well, they might not know whether you're telling them the truth another time they they wouldn't know like what to trust in terms of what's true, right
2: yeah, like if something happens that's really important or serious, and your parents don't trust you then
1: it's not good.
2: Like in The Boy Who Cried Wolf.
1: Ah, yeah, I know that story. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, he's telling lies to get attention, and when it really matters, no one comes to help him.
1: Because?
2: Because they think he's lying again. Because it's the exact same story.
1: Mm. It's
2: not like he comes up with anything new.
1: That doesn't work out very well for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you know that story. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, speaking of stories, you have a book that you brought with you that you wanted to tell us about. Now, is this a book that you've read? Yes. Yeah, let's let's hear title and author we'll start with.
2: The title is The Alchemist and the author is Michael Scott. His first his first book was published in 1983. And became part of a trilogy, um, telling Irish folklore that has only been told verbally as a story, and he has now documented it on paper.
1: Now, is that trilogy what the one that you're? No, no, that was just the same author, but his first series. Yes, uh huh. And how many uh, is this also a series, *The Alchemist*? Yeah. It's um, six books. Six books in the series, and you've read? Two,
2: and I'm in the beginning of the third one.
1: Okay, why don't you give us, like, the movie trailer of what this story is about?
2: Um,
1: well, three, two kids
2: are the kids of a legend that was started a long time ago, like, Three thousand million years ago, by someone who not a lot of people thought knew anything, like he could see the future, but some some things he thought were gonna happen didn't happen, so people weren't sure what was gonna happen. Was he
1: like a prophet? Yes. Okay.
2: Um. And he wrote this book that is really important but the all powerful people they can't get close to it because it hurts them
1: or something. So they're like evil people?
2: Not, well some are evil and some are good and they're trying to the they're trying to bring back they, they're trying to bring back the like, the evil ones are trying to bring back the rest of their followers or something.
1: So they're trying to stay in power. Yeah. And not lose their power. Yeah. And so is it a scary book, or is it an adventure, a fantasy? How would you describe that?
2: Um, I think it's a fantasy kind of story. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, because it's about people having powers and
1: special stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember you reading parts of this to me when I've stayed awake long enough to hear you reading part of this to me, and um, these twins are, aren't they young teenagers? Yes. And they have magical powers awakened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's always fun. Well, I hear the music coming again. There's Casey Abrams coming back with More Simple Life, and so... I want to thank you for being willing to come on the air live today. Yeah. And uh, for all of you listening out there, I will be with you next Saturday. I'm actually going to be on the air with RC in a few minutes. Until I'm with you again, just keep it simple.